welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation Podcast. This is the post-day Rutgers game podcast as we do each week. Um, I'm Bobby Darren here for ScarletNation.com of the 24-7 Sports Network, uh, trying to sort through all the details of a Rutgers win over Temple 16-14 at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, it wasn't pretty, but it was a win. It was effective. So there was a lot that went into that to help sort it out. I have the one and only the legend himself, Brian Dome, to kind to, to of make sense of all the stuff. Brian, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, what what What's your initial takeaway? We'll get into deeper detail of the game, but what's your initial takeaway of what happened well, yesterday? Well, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, because that intro was longer than any drive they had. <laughs> so, but, but listen, there there is a lot to unpack on this one, and this is one of those things where, you know, you kind of have to look deeper than just 16, 14, the offense was terrible kind of deal. And, and we'll get through all that. But my initial two thoughts are, A, they won. And so in three weeks, nobody cares. If you mm-hmm. lost this game, it, everybody would have been talking about how it's a setback and what's going on and, oh, is this what's wrong with the program? And now you'll just forget about it. And you'll move on to Iowa, which should be an incredible atmosphere. Um, I'm hearing they should do pretty well getting recruits there. And we'll, we'll start on, you know, covering that stuff on Scarlet Nation, you know, probably Tuesday. But so that stands out. And then the other thing that stands out to me um, is the quarterback. And it goes a lot deeper than do they have a quarterback and why didn't they throw the ball down the field? And, you know, Bobby, I know I'm going on a little bit, but I'm just going to say this. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have to understand this going into the game that, okay, or, or when you're looking at the game, I get it. The offense wasn't good. And that they couldn't win the line of scrimmage for a lot of it is a big issue. But if you want to sit there and tell me that the quarterback, you know, they need to throw the ball more. They need to get the ball down the field, throw the ball over the middle. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's fine. They had one healthy scholarship quarterback. Wimsat couldn't play, right? Mm-hmm. He gets hurt. He couldn't play. Shiano said it in the press conference after he was unavailable. So now are you going to put Evan Simon back there on a seven-step drop and let Temple, who was getting pressure, you know, when, when he would drop back, you're going to let him hit that quarterback knowing that, hey, not only could we – we go to a walk-on for this week, but not knowing what you have for the next week and the following week, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things to consider. And, okay, you want to run some stuff to the outside? Well, they did. And, and they showed that they really couldn't get yardage even on the quick passes because receivers were missing blocks. There was one where Crookshank would have had a 40-yard run down the left sideline and the receiver missed the block. And then you want to say, okay, how about quick slants over the middle? Well, if Temple stack in the middle – and there's a lot of traffic there, you're not running slants into that traffic, which is where you'll have interceptions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, before you're going to sit there and criticize the offense, which deserves to be criticized for not being able to run the ball, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you have to understand everything that goes into decisions and not just be like, oh, they need to throw it. Why can't we do this? Why don't we do this? Mm-hmm. You, you just, it just doesn't work that way. It's not its own. You, know, you don't operate this every play is within a vacuum there there's other things that have to get planned out 
Yeah. And, you know, Brian, I think you touched on it. One of the biggest disappointments, uh, which was a little unexpected, was the way the offensive line was getting pushed around. In the beginning, you saw they just wanted to run the football, and it wasn't anything extravagant, but it just couldn't couldn't get a push on Temple. I was surprised at that. Well, it, it was. And, and, you know, I talked to some people afterward, and, you know, I, I was at the game. I, I took my kids. You know, kids wanted to go, so I'm like, all right, we'll go down. And you could see, and it wasn't just on, it was both sides of the ball. I mean, Temple moved the ball pretty well that first drive. Yes. Um, kind of, you know, hitting him in the middle, also using the perimeter a little bit. And I, I thought the whole game, Rutgers looked a step slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just weren't where they needed to be. And, and I think there's a lot of reasons to it. And you can say all you want, but. You know, you're still feeling good about Boston College. You're feeling good about having, you know, Wagner. Everybody padded their stacks. And everybody knows that Iowa's coming in for a 7 o'clock game on Fox Sports 1. And they also know that Temple was not good the first two weeks. And <laughs> is an excuse? No, I mean, I, I'll never understand why kids aren't ready to play because you don't get to play that much. But it right. happens. It happens all over the country. And like I said, I'll, I'll never understand it, um, but I but I understand it happens. Um, and they just look slow. And I think when you look at it from the perspective of they were not good yesterday, and they still won. And and I you know I always try to bring perspective to this, Bobby. And and I think you know you've watched a lot of bad football in the last <laughs> eight years. Bad. And you know you, you got to remember. I get you want to complain about 16 to 14 and, and it's your right too. And they look terrible on offense. And if, and if you want to rip them for the offense, that's fine, but then you better turn around and give them credit for the defense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So don't just sit there, you know, so, so it's both, but you know, this is a program that it wasn't too long ago was getting obliterated by Kansas on the road. Right. So, right. you know, it, it, it doesn't mean cause they beat BC that all of a sudden, they're going to challenge for the Big Ten title. It, it, that's not realistic. It's still a build. You're you're still young and inexperienced at the most important position on the field. Now, if you want to complain about Leeson hasn't developed a quarterback yet, be my guest. Yeah. Fair, I, fair. I, I, and I think, you know, his first year, he was very creative with the play call. And, and, you know, we haven't seen a ton of that. I think fans are a little disappointed in, especially he's getting paid a lot of money for, for to have that position. And, and you touched a good point. You know, he's also the quarterback's coach. So, you know, what are you doing to develop these guys? It's still early. I mean, they're still young, but it seems like yesterday people were, were wishing that Noah Vedra was back. Well, that's nuts. Um, you, you just gotta, you just gotta get guys. And, and listen, there's a couple things. Um, the first year, it was so different because of COVID, and you don't know how many of these other places were able to have full weeks of practice. When, you know, Rutgers was able to have full weeks of practice for the most part. You don't know what was going on at other places in terms of prep, and are they missing days because of game prep because of COVID, and so there's the newness. You had the whole off season to game plan and really break down their tape. So you couldn't have a lot of surprises. Now the, the making a million dollars a year. So he's being paid a lot. Mm-hmm. See, that to me, that's where this whole stuff gets misrepresented. 
the same garbage about how much Rutgers spent on Grubhub or Uber Eats or whatever. Yo, this mm-hmm. is the price of doing business. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to you want to go on the cheap, then you're going to get nothing. You you got a head coach that's still being paid one of the lowest salaries in the Big Ten, and so now Rutgers is finally getting the market value, and people are going to complain. Well, he's making too much. So what? You want to go back to paying coordinators 600k a year? Is that is that what you want? So no, I think that, people just want to get their money's worth out of it. You know. Well, I mean, you know, which is fine, but I mean. Sometimes things work, sometimes it don't. And okay, and I hear the creativeness. Mm-hmm. You know what you do? You know when you have to be creative? You have to be creative when you're not good enough. And True. so there's that aspect of it. And what, what is he? What is he not trying? I mean, some of this stuff just isn't available anymore because if you got a quarterback who can't throw the ball down the field a lot, then you just creep guys up and you don't have to help with the safety as much and and guys aren't um you know you you don't have to worry about certain things that maybe would open stuff up um and at the end of the day you can be as creative as you want but you got evan simon back there yesterday who is afraid to make mistakes and turn the ball over and i get it because they don't want the ball turned over and you heard shannon talk about it yesterday with you know, again, no turnovers, they win the game, and that's key. But, you know, you got Sean Ryan, who's got size against the corner, and you're throwing a jump ball to the back of the end, back corner of the end zone, and you throw it out of bounds, and you don't give your guy a chance. And then you have it on the other side. I think it was with Crookshank, and you have a chance for a receiver to make a one-on-one play, and you throw it out of the end zone. Is that is that Sean Gleason's fault? Is that – now, you know, and, and I know people are like, oh, this is Greg's offense, this is Greg's offense. Are you kidding me? I mean, if you think this is what Greg's offense is, I invite you to go back and watch not just the 2006 season. Go back and watch 2007 where they started having Teal throw it all over after they had, like, the one-and-five start. Mm-hmm. So, you know, or, you know, so when you look at stuff and you say, oh, this – no, they're just – they still can't block enough. They have a quarterback who is still learning because he hasn't played enough football no matter which one it is. There, there's so much stuff that goes into it. And so what, what, you want Evan Simon to throw the ball over the middle yesterday? Because it was clear after the first series, the only way Temple was scoring was if Rutgers made a big mistake. And they mm-hmm. did on the one play where they busted a coverage and let the tight end run down the seam. And then Avery Young, got, you know, just whiffed on a, on a tackle. So, you know, they were comfortable just getting it. They thought that they could control the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. You know, the, the uh, Warner, the quarterback for Temple, was not showing some great arm strength to throw the ball down the field. So, so what? Do we want to look pretty, run some stuff, and maybe turn the ball over, or do you want to win? So take your pick. So, you know, I understand you can be frustrated with it, and you expected more. But the frustration to me is. What happened to your offensive line? Just just block somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that was a disappointing one, and and um, but you know it, you know you got the, the fan base been suffering with bad offenses for a while, and it becomes almost uh, <laughs> embedded. But uh, you know, I didn't feel as though yesterday they, there was a point where I really felt they were in danger of losing the game. I know some people did, but. Um, I just felt like they were just going to do enough to win defensively. I didn't see Temple making that big play. Kind of like, remember last year when Rutgers played Michigan and 
Rutgers was there, but I yeah. never felt like they were going to win. And that's kind of yeah. how I felt with the Temple one. I felt like it would be another close game. He's seen a lot of them. Remember one game Rutgers won on a safety by Blair Bynes over UConn? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say, does ever, I, I don't hear anybody complaining about beating UConn 12-10 or whatever it was the week before Louisville. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody talks about Louisville, but they don't talk about the week before how Rutgers did not play. It happens. And, and yeah. they found a way to win. And, and listen, you know, you won and Shana was in a better mood than a lot of people thought. But, hey, listen, give him credit also, because I think one of the things that really went under the radar was him now having more wins at Rutgers than anybody. Mm-hmm. And I know it's 79 and, you know, people can complain about, well, 500 coach. But again, look at what he's taken over and how he's done things and, and what he's done. And if you look at like the last five or six years of his first stint, when he was something like 52 and 30 or 52 and 20, whatever it was, I mean, he should tell you that he's been playing football for however, you know, 150 years, whatever it is. Um, and the and the top winning coach has 79 wins. It, it tells you just how tough of a place it is to win. And I think quietly, you know, not much was made of it. There weren't any celebrations or I didn't see much with tweets or anything or graphics, but quietly, I, I, I think it was really meaningful to them. They, you know, I was down there at the end and they, they, you heard them in the locker room before Greg came in. They, I mean, they, they were enjoying the win. They, you know, it, it's like you said, you only play so many games. So to get a win is special. And I think also it's important to note, like, you know, you say there's certain weeks where you just scratch your head and say, how did this happen? You're never as bad as your worst game. You're never as good as your best game. Right. You're always somewhere yep. in between. And, and um, you know, if you look at it and say, well, they beat this team, so they'll beat this team, it never adds up. And, you know, if, <laughs> if you try and win somebody that way, you're going to wind up on the lose it end. But um, I, I think sometimes when you play a game like that, it helps you the following week because it humbles you and it makes you a little hungrier. Look, they're going to be focused. You would think, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it's funny, Bobby, I was, I was trying to find perspective for this. Right. Mm -hmm. And like most fan bases, Rutgers, you know, they've been beaten down for a while. And so the immediacy is to complain about things. Right. Right. Everybody wants to complain about, the offense and fine you can do that but it always amazes me that greg is such a bad coach because look at the offense did you watch the defense Mm -hmm. i mean they made an incredible adjustment after temple's first series they were getting gashed on that first series yeah they made an incredible adjustment bringing guys closer to the line of scrimmage still you know the, the you know Braswell dropped a touchdown. It should have been, you know, on the first play of the game. Oh, you don't know how that changes. You don't know how that changes. Yeah. I mean, not Braswell, Longerbeam. Longerbeam, Longer yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, I thought Longerbeam, he's had better games. You know, there yes. were times, yeah. you know, especially that first drive, guys, corners could not get off blocks. They could not, you know, it, it just so many issues. But then you give them credit because then they kind of shut things down after that other than the one long pass play. Temple yep. had so little respect for Rutgers' offense that they're going for it on fourth down from their own 40. Right now. You know, they didn't care. And then the other thing I'd look is, listen, man, this D-line is good, and it's only going to get markedly better as they get more experience. And I, and I just go back and, you know, this D-line, that's where you start winning, right, in the trenches. And so the offense has to figure it out. But the defense, they're good. 
and we'll see how good they are, you know, when you get a Big Ten in the physical play. But I just go back to, listen, man, Jim Panagos may be at Kansas, which, by the way, is 3-0 and now, too. Um, mm-hmm. He left some good players in the program with some of these kids that he recruited. Um, you know, and it's funny because you always look at how things are connected, and Marquise Watson, the new D-line coach, Bobby, you and I have known him since he played at St. Peter's Prep. Right. You know, the, the funny thing is, Marquise Watson played with Panagos' kid up at Bryant. All together. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny how things are connected, but uh-huh. you know, you, you look at it, you say, man, they they left some really good. You know, Jim Jim left some really good players in this program. Yeah. So, um, but you look at that, and then the other thing I look at though is, I mean, it's a seven o'clock game on Fox Sports One against Iowa, where it's been a long time. Since Rutgers has had a game like this where there is anticipation that those should be a really good atmosphere. I got to think back in Michigan, maybe when, when Rutgers first joined the big 10, I mean, I might be met UMass was a night game, but that's, you know, it's UMass, right? No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, or was that a day game? game? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. I mean, it was awful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at it to where, there's there's excitement. There's three uh-huh. and zero. Um, however you got there, you're three and zero. Right. And it's night. They're you know it's gonna have scarlet, and I would think they wear red. They're gonna have a scarlet. That's what outer. Greg said. Yeah, he said after the game that they're gonna yeah. be a scarlet out. So so you have that, and it's you know it's a it's a program that is well established and is kind of like at the heart of the Big Ten, and. You know, I, I know when Ohio State came in a few years back when Greg was the defensive coordinator, there was some excitement there and there were a lot of recruits there. But, I mean, I, I remember the recruits being there to watch Ohio State. Yes. And so this, is, this isn't about Iowa. It's about Rutgers. And, mm. you know, it should, be a, it should be a great environment, at least to start. I am not one of these people that say, oh, it's going to be a great game. I don't know that. How do you know that? You mm-hmm. hope it is. Right. No matter what happens, you, you want to see a good game. You don't know if it's going to be a good game. Right. Um, but there's a lot that is, you know, this, this is going to be the first tangible building block that a lot of people are going to see, you know, more than going to the Gator Bowl and all that stuff because the environment and the buildup to it should be really good. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but I'd probably bet the under if I was a betting man, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one thing I know. I'm not a betting man because uh, I know that, you know, it's not easy to win. Uh, but what I'm curious about, Bobby, is I was, I was um, unfortunately up pretty late Saturday night and that Iowa game, I think it's over by now. I mean, that <laughs> Iowa game had, I think I read in one of the Iowa papers or online or something, that they had like three different lightning delays and the game ended like 140 local time. Wow. Which, you know, you know how football co- I, I I'm not sure if you're aware, Bobby, but football coaches are creatures of habit. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's shocking. And so now it kind of, you know, whether it means less sleep for the Iowa coaches or you have to shift some stuff around, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really want to finish a home game at 
one thirty in the morning and then have to go play a road game. The yeah, next week. definitely. And so. it, it should be an exciting environment. You know, people will get there early. It'll be a lot going on. It should be, you know, and, you know, you're hoping it's, it's a competitive <clears throat> game, which it has the makings of one. But like you yeah. said, you yeah. can never tell uh, what I happens. Know you're, Bobby, I, I, was say, I know you're a big CFL guy. So, you know, this could be like one of those 2 1 games where you get the You know, I was thinking of that. I still don't understand the rule where they get a point for like a punt or something in the end zone. Yeah, if you catch it in the end zone and you don't bring it out of the end zone, the other team gets a point. Well, they got Corsac, so if that rule was in effect, they, 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 could, they could rack up points on that all day. Oh, and imagine, isn't Canada, isn't it like 25-yard end zones? Or maybe they do oh, they're, meters. I don't, they're I don't huge. Know. They're huge. The end zones are huge, yeah. And then the goalposts are in the front. So I, I, I've been learning a couple things about it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so hopefully, but, you know, we'll transition back to the NFL soon. So, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it, it's been enjoyable. Um, so, um yeah, I, I mean, you know, recruits you mentioned on hand there. Um, are you here? What are you hearing in early going? No, we're, you know, it's kind of they're, they're just starting to reach out because they got to coordinate schedules. High school, like I, I was at, um, you know, there's been games all weekend at Rutgers. So going out to those, I, you know, I, I saw Ian Strong and and the 2024 KJ Duff play on mm-hmm. Saturday, and and I saw St. Joe's Montvale, which is um, the Willis kid who could be a running back or a linebacker and also John Forrester who's a 25 running back who's really talented there and you know in talking to those guys you know they those kids are focused on their game and I'm like hey any thoughts of going to Rutgers Iowa last you know next week and they're like I don't even know what day we play next week yet yeah <laughs> so, so this is stuff where I know you know sometimes if it's a little longer trip or, or kids that really want to plan things out but this kind of gets put together later in the you know before kickoff because you got to remember up until monday they didn't even know what time this game was kicking off and True. i don't know if anybody knows anything about chiano but it's about this week mm-hmm. and so he wasn't about to have everybody sitting there having you know inviting kids to get out to the iowa game when they still had the temple game to go True. And and if I if I had to guess, I would say he probably wouldn't have wanted that information out till next week. <laughs> that is a that is a pretty safe guess. Is, yes. <laughs> but it's funny, just, you, know, you, you talk about you talk about. And I, listen, you know how I am, how every coach works hard, every staff does in the country. For the, you know, there's there's a few exceptions, but, you know, he goes, he plays that game yesterday and it was it was warm and it was stressful. And then there he is for kickoff at eight o'clock at uh, Rutgers Stadium or whatever they call it now to watch, <laughs> you know, to watch Ian Strong, who's a Rutgers commit, play for St. Anthony, who, by the way, is a very good player. Yeah. Um, and also watching KJ Duff and and also the guys from St. Joe's that I mentioned too. So it, it was, um, you know, it was a busy day because that game. I think I left the stadium at eleven and. It looked like he was still there till the end, also. So it, mm-hmm. it was a long day. And, and yeah, he uh, th- there was a helicopter sighting. Our, our man Sean Brown filmed it, and uh, you know Greg was there, uh, arrived uh, in style. I, I I always like you know, and I, and I watched this at the Pennsylvania State Championships last year with James Franklin. That mm-hmm. it is absolutely amazing that whenever these coaches come in, 
that the flight pattern happens to go right over the stadium <laughs> and down the middle of the field just minutes before kickoff. I mean, it's always you want to talk about the stars aligning for things like that to happen. I mean, what what would be the chance of that? <laughs> yeah, I got to work on getting one of those, Brian. It'll be an easier commute for me, you know? Ah, uh, geez, you should. I'm surprised with what John pays. You can't afford it now. You already have one. <laughs> I, I got a scooter, a motorized scooter. I'm going to go to Turnpike. Discharge the battery. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go right up the Turnpike with it. So it might take a little longer, and I hope it doesn't rain. But, um, You'll probably pass the offense on the way. <laughs> I think I was going to ask you for a closing thought, but I don't know. Maybe I should I mean, end it on that one. <laughs> nah, listen, I, I, no, listen, I think when you, um, you know, I, I like I said, I always try to look at kind of like the whole of things. And mm-hmm. I don't know how you come out of that game feeling great because of the way you played offensively. Mm-hmm. But you won. You didn't play well and you won on the road, which say whatever you want, man, it is not easy. And you're three and oh with what should be a great environment in your big 10 opener. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the season, if you would have said, okay, that's the scenario, everybody would have signed up for it. Yeah. So instead of, well, we got to do this. We got to do that. Well, how are we going to beat Michigan? How are we going to beat? Instead of saying stuff like that, enjoy the moment. Enjoy that for the first time in a long time, you have a bona fide college football environment on your doorstep. And just enjoy that and enjoy the fact that, you know, it looks like summer's hanging around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Great thoughts, Brian. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, you can catch Brian and myself on the roundtable message board on scarletnation.com. And uh, I'm going to get on my scooter, get ready to go to practice tomorrow. It's going to take a while, you know. I don't, oh, I, don't th- great. I don't think they take easy pass on it. But <laughs> Brian, thanks again. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next week. And uh, thank you for listening. And catch us always 24-7 on 24-7 Sports on scarletnation.com. For Brian Darren and Bobby Darren, we'll see you next time.